Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer in your local church, Ministry in Motion offers you resources, cutting-edge practical ideas and inspiration for your ministry. We're thrilled with our topic today. Our topic is The Leader and Forgiveness. And we have two guests today, Bill Knott and Jared Thurman. Gentlemen, welcome to Ministry in Motion. Good to be with you. So the leader and forgiveness. Let me go straight to a tough question. How significant and how important is it that a leader is a leader who has experienced forgiveness themselves? I don't think there's anything more crucial. This is one of the central values of Christian faith. If we are strangers to the experience of forgiveness, of having deeply received God's forgiveness or the, and the forgiveness of other persons, we are always speaking of something we only glimpse and not something we know. Mm. That, that to me is, is, has been the challenge. How do we learn from the pulpit, from leadership, from teaching, to tell the stories of our own experience of forgiveness? Most of the time, those listening to us hear only something theoretical and abstract. They don't hear the stories that sound like their lives. Yeah. And when we think about a leader who hasn't experienced forgiveness, you know, what does that equate to? Well, if they haven't received it or experienced it, then they don't know how to give it. And that won't be a leader for long because yes. there will be no one to lead. Yeah, exactly. Because they will hold everything very strictly. They will not offer forgiveness. And then there will be a lot of frustrated people and, and that won't be a leader much longer. In some ways, it's, it's surprising that there's a hesitancy in this, particularly when you look at the Gospels yes. and Jesus' willingness to forgive. Yes. Um, there's some classic examples there of, of Judas mm. and, and Peter. Um, why do you think there is that hesitancy? We have sometimes the fear, usually based on watching corporate models around us or hierarchical models in society, we have the fear that forgiveness might soften things up and make it seem a permissive environment and order and control might get away. And actually they will, because Jesus envisions a community that isn't built on hierarchy and order and corporate structures. He, in fact, is calling us to a community where forgiveness is the daily vocabulary between us, because knowingly or not, we offend each other frequently, even in the body of, of Christ. Without trying. Without trying. We aren't aware that the thing we said, which we thought was funny, Jared finds highly offensive because I've hit some tripwire in his life that I didn't even know about. If he isn't a forgiving man and I don't know about what I've done in his life, he will undoubtedly hold a grudge, estrangement will grow up, and we won't model the body of Christ or have an effective witness. Yeah. Let me jump on that. So, you know, we, I think sometimes we look at forgiveness as a very formal event. Anthony, yes. today... I will offer you forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Please accept this gift. I hope everyone's watching. Rather than, oh, this is a way of life. We forgive just like we smile. Yeah. In some ways, it's, it's easier to count. It's, it's easier to, you know, eye for eye, tooth for yes, tooth. Right, right. Rather than to, to live in that environment of grace, isn't it? Hmm. It, it, is, it goes contrary to all the math we've been taught. But then again, the gospel usually does. 
uh, it, it, it invites us to say, I will not count up wrongs. I will not hold grudges. I will not linger in my bitterness. Not because I'm not tempted those ways, but because Jesus has not done that with me. Jesus has amply, repeatedly come back to me, offered me forgiveness. Now, it, it can be difficult to be reconciled mm. and, and to go through the process of forgiveness in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um, talk us through the appropriate time and what, what we need to consider with reconciliation and forgiveness. As a leader, one of the things we have to be honest about, and I would add even vulnerable about, is our own challenges in our own stories where we haven't done it well. Mm. Those listening to us need to know that we aren't experts at forgiveness, that we are growing and learning in this. So candor about our own growth process is crucial here. Um, as well, the, re the, the recognition that forgiveness is always a choice. It's, it's never something we can force on others. It's nothing I can mandate that you two, you know, kiss and make up as, you know, people have sometimes advised warring siblings. You know, you must somehow get together and just become friends again. Well, it doesn't work there in the home any more than it works in the church. Uh, the reality of it is we have to create a climate in which people say, I'm not going to lose anything by forgiving. Yeah. In fact, I'm actually going to be following in the modeling of Christ when I do this. There are going, there's going to be affirmation from heaven and from the body of believers if I live this way. Mm. And I think sometimes it's being honest with someone. You know, I think the right thing to do here is forgive you. But in all honesty, this is not easy for me. Oh, yeah. 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 And painful. Oh. But, and, and there's a difference if it's been a deliberate um, strategy um, to destroy, to attack, to inflict pain. Yeah. It's, it's a, the overwhelming urge is combat. Oh. Um, Retaliation is sort of built into our sinful natures. Uh, we, we understand eye for eye really well. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't need to be taught that. But we do have to be taught how grace acts in moments like this. Mm. Uh, for me, that always requires a time of prayer before I'm ready to forgive. Uh, sometimes a long time of prayer before I'm ready to forgive. Yeah, yeah. You know, just talking about this, um, I can't help but recall, if I, if I can share a, yeah. an experience. Um, I was a young boy at the time and my father was a very practical man and he treasured his tools. And we didn't grow up in an affluent home. And it was a mistake on my part. It wasn't deliberate. I broke his, one of his prized tools. And uh, I was fearful of the consequences. And I'll never forget confessing to my dad, yeah. I've broken this dad. And I was, I was expecting an eruption and a penalty. And instead, a big masculine arm came around me. Mm. And he said, don't worry, we'll get another one. Yeah. And I knew full well that we didn't have the funds yeah. to get another one. Yeah. That Dad would have to make do with the broken tool. Yeah. And um, for me personally, that was such a, an enriching experience to see a father and experience a father's forgiveness. Would that we told those stories more often from the pulpit 
when we're in leadership roles. We told those stories about what we have received for mistakes we have done. More often, we tell the story of some famous sinner uh, over there and we describe their lives. Or we, we tell a story in such an artificial way that people say, that could never be my life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What I'd like to do straight after this break is talk about how we can establish this theatre of grace mm, yeah. and this environment of grace and, and forgiveness. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the leader and forgiveness and we have two guests, Bill Knott and Jared Thurman. Now I'd like to explore with you a how-to aspect here. How do we create an environment of grace and forgiveness? I'm thinking of within a church community, how can a pastor, how can a leader within a church create that environment and perhaps even within families or, or other communities that we, we live a significant part of our lives? I think it starts with, with vocabulary, if I may say that. I, I, I trained as an English teacher, so you might expect that. But we, we use the language we want to hear coming back in the life of the body. I, I've been in congregations where I deliberately introduced certain words so that after some months they became part of the vocabulary of that congregation. I, I talked about reconciliation, and after a few months, a lot of people were talking about it. So it often starts with language and another form of language, the stories we tell in the pulpit, the self-revealing stories, when I didn't get it right, when I needed someone's forgiveness, when someone taught me about grace. Uh, I have one of those that relates to this man. Uh, in the nature of working together, he was listening one day while I was winding up to complain about other colleagues who hadn't done something I had wanted. And, and I was sort of growing more irritated as I spoke. And he was sitting there very quietly and this sort of solemn look on his face. And, and finally, at one of the pauses in my rant, he said, uh, you know, Bill, this would be a really good time to start practicing that grace you've been talking about. Whoa. And I rocked back in my chair and I thought of all the possibilities and realized that that was a word from the Lord. That in fact, at the moment, I wasn't living out, exemplifying what I believe I'm called to do. And God put a brother in the room with me who knew he had permission to speak to that in my life. Mm. And yes, called me out on it, but in a way that I bless the Lord and, and him for, because it reminded me at a crucial moment to stop and ask, are these the attitudes of Jesus? Am I showing the forgiveness of Jesus, his willingness to be reconciled to people when I'm upset at them? Mm -hmm. And the reality is often I forget to do that. I go on with my indignation. Yeah. You know, I, I think someone only has that right if they've earned it. Mm -hmm. And you think in, in the heat of a moment like that, you know, that's probably the last thing he really wanted to hear <laughs> or the last thing we want to hear when somebody says, I know that person wronged you, but you need to be forgiving. 
If that's coming from somebody that has been in a relationship with you and has built up the cup of goodwill, you can hear them through all the emotions of the moment. And I think that's the part we need to know. If we need to have people close to us that we know have our best intentions in mind and can call us to the spirit of forgiveness. Maybe even we've needed to forgive each other, but that's a, that's a delicate art to, to practice. It is, and there's an element of courage in this. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not the, you know, the, the key leader in the church, if you are a leader, to still have a, an influence over that community for the good. We frequently don't take many risks on the issue of forgiveness. We keep it a kind of private conversation off on the margins of congregational life. But it's actually the skill that we often need the most. Yeah. Uh, day in and day out with our spouses, with our children, with our colleagues, at work, uh, even out on the ball field. We, we need this essential value, virtue of the Christian life. And most of us don't learn a skill without coaching. Mm. I had a coach that day who, who said, Bill, is this really the value you want in your life? And I had stopped and thought about it and said, no, actually, I, I don't want to be that angry person just now. Yeah. I think learning, to, learning forgiveness is often something we teach each other. There are days when you see it better than I do and vice versa. And God sees to it that he puts us in a community so that we begin creating a reputation for this version of the body of Christ as a place that it's safe to experience your failures because you've got people here who know how to forgive. Yeah. Jared, let me ask you a question. What, what, what's some of the ways that you've found to, to make it easier for somebody to forgive? Mm. So I can only really speak from my own experience, and it would be, you know, we look at the life of Peter, for example, and I think he quickly ascertains, you know what, forgiveness is about seven times, yes. right? Yeah. And, and Jesus refers to something much more broad, right? No, how about 70 times seven? I, I think it helps us when it gets personal of, have I been forgiven? Do I know what that's like? And, and to really, I mean, that gets, that's deeply spiritual. You know, like many of the graces, I believe forgiveness is something God gives to us. Yeah. Lord, I, I don't really want to forgive this person. I need you to help me. So I think that's very important that we, we make it personal in the fact of God has forgiven me. You know, and for me, sometimes it's thinking of things in my life. I'm like, man, I, I'm glad I was forgiven for that. You know what? I should forgive in this instance. I wasn't deserving then. They may not be deserving now, but often forgiveness is not because we're deserving. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think of Joseph and his multiple brothers uh, and the reconciliation that the ultimate one there, when their father dies in Genesis 50. Right. And um, it was a, a tear-filled, painful, but necessary experience. Mm. Yeah. And there are going to be a lot of those in any real body of Christ. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a frequent experience, not something reserved for a, 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 a marginal. Either forgiveness is central to our life as Christians, or we aren't really grasping what Jesus was working so hard to get across. And we've just got a few moments in this module, but what's, what's the problem if we don't? I think, I think it's our own problem. Yeah. It's eating us alive. It, our own physiology, our own spirituality is corroding 
by holding on to the fact that we can easily give this forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the, the damage done in our own lives by unforgiveness, by holding on even to what was once a legitimate anger, mm. letting it fester in our lives and become bitterness, uh, counting one's sins against them. Uh, this is just the inverse of what Jesus calls us to do, but it's so natural. Yeah. It's so easy for me to become the prosecuting attorney in, in, instead of the one who says, no, please, Lord, allow them to go free because as you once allowed me to go free. Uh, uh, don't bring the penalty of their sin on them. That's a difficult prayer for all of us, for me to pray, but it's the one Jesus calls me to and keeps reminding me of. Exactly. Looking forward to exploring this some more with you. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the leader and forgiveness and our guests, Bill Knott and Jared Thurman. Now, so far we've explored building a community and more or less a faith community, a congregation where forgiveness is part of our daily transactions of life. What about the church making an impact upon the broader community? How, how can a congregation impact that community with forgiveness? I've seen a few do it well. And those that do uh, recognize how broken their communities are. Same kind of broken, dysfunctional people they are themselves. And they recognize that the need for healing is present out there. And so they go out into their communities and they say, how do we help peacemaking happen here? Mm -hmm. Where are the estrangements? Where are the separations in this community? It could sometimes be between the congregation and the community. How have we perhaps not carried out the values of Jesus in this neighborhood? How have we related to our neighbors up and down the street? Do they know who we are? Do they know that we are in fact a community who believes in and practices forgiveness? Uh, the, taking this value out of the building of the church and into the community is ultimately where Jesus wants it. Mm -hmm. He didn't give it to us as, a, as an inner virtue of the church. It's for the world and given to the world. Yeah. And I think that could be, you know, forgive us for some of the silence we've had on pertinent issues. Forgive us for the neglect of this, the goodwill of this community. You know, to see some churches now putting up fences around the property. I think that sends a signal of we are seeking to keep you away from us when the community needs to know that we, we have not just been about ourselves, or if we have, we apologize, please forgive us. And I think there's some real forgiveness that's needed. Mm, yeah. And the, the church is often doing business in the community. Um, if something goes awry there, yeah. how sh what would be the ideal way to respond? Every church that is putting in a new carpet or buying new pews or fixing windows is involved with vendors and commercial transactions. And in the middle of those, as we all know from our own daily lives, things can go awry. We, things don't go as planned. And sometimes, sometimes someone cheats us. Mm -hmm. How the church responds as the corporate body of Christ in the community is being watched by everyone. 
if we say we're about forgiveness, but we insist on getting everything to the last farthing with every vendor, the community sees that. And they hear that message more powerfully than any other value we Mm. preach. There are times when, as Paul says, it's better to suffer wrong Hmm. ourselves or as as the corporate body of Christ than to insist on our rights and thus damage our witness to this central value of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I resonate with your point there because so many times churches drive such a hard bargain and, you know, that the supplier of a service or supplier of some goods that we're purchasing, it, it must, they must almost be selling them at a cost yes, right, yes. <laughs> to themselves. Yes. And I just wonder, how does that convey grace and the generosity of God when we're always wanting the sharpest pencil on every deal. If you look around a community at at who are the peacemakers there, you see that they are people with power ultimately in a community. They may not be the mayor or the congressman, but the people who do the peacemaking are ultimately given the power in the community, given influence because they're doing something we all know is so essential. If we want influence in a community, we've got to take the lead in helping estrangement disappear under the weight of forgiveness, helping groups come together or even with ourselves experience this grace. Yeah. And I think... You know, never at a time are we more in need of, I believe, the church, and I'm speaking at large and in general, the Christian church needs to go into our communities and ask for forgiveness. We we have failed you. There are many areas that we should have done better, and we ask for your forgiveness, and we want to go forward in a different capacity, and then we need to act differently and do differently. That's a critical point, isn't it? Acting differently, having received forgiveness... It's, it's not repeating that same mistake and being in the, in the debt again. Yeah, yeah. That in fact, grace changes us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It not only takes care of our past, it takes us somewhere going into the future. It begins transforming our personal relationships in the body. It begins changing our vocabulary and what we talk about together. But most importantly, most lastingly, it has an impact on the community as well. It helps us make the love and grace of Jesus real out there. Wow, what a, what a point to finish on. It makes the grace and love of Jesus real. Real within families, real within the experience of individuals, real within the church community and the broader community. Bill and Jared, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on sure. Ministry in Motion thank you. and sharing these gems with us. And we'd like to thank you as well the viewer at home. Now, with today's program, we'd like to make a very special offer to pastors who are watching Ministry in Motion. If you don't receive Ministry Magazine, we'd like to invite you to write into us or email into us feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. Ministry Magazine is a wonderful journal, practical and professional. It's received by clergymen and clergywomen in more than 200 countries around the world. Email us and tell us about your ministry. Tell us about the church where you minister and serve. And you may be eligible to receive a complimentary subscription to this wonderful journal. May God richly bless you and your ministry and bye for now.